Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you and enjoy. We, we are driven by our wants. So Jesus serves his people. He tells us to serve. Your soul needs you to serve needs. In fact, your soul needs you to serve other people's needs. So, yeah. Hey, welcome. So glad to be here with you guys. For those of you who are joining us, we're glad that you're joining us as well, even though you're not in person. It's just good to be together. Yeah, we are in week four of our series called Too Much, trying to create an intentional life versus uh, just reacting to life because when we react to life, it just gets too much. Now, um, okay, you guys seem distracted. What, what, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong? Yeah, yes. I know. Some of you guys are thinking, now if you're, watch, if you're just listening to this, you don't know, but I have a shopping cart. I know. Some of you guys are like, first of all, let's just answer this. Does Target know? Does Target, does Target know? Maybe. Am I confessing to a crime? Maybe. Will I get deported? Maybe. No, no, I won't. I won't. I won't. No. But you know what's funny, though, about the shopping cart? I want to ask you. Um, could this be a great illustration for your life, even your spiritual life? Like for, the, for those of you, let's just talk about your shopping uh, habits here, okay? Uh, I'm not one of these guys. I'm not. Partly because I, I, have, I have an amazing wife who does most of the shopping, and, and when I go in to go shopping, I don't carry anything. I know that I can just I can, I can get this. I can get everything I need to. Because I go, I got to get this, I got to get that. And then how many of you, raise your hands, how many of you would say you're one of those people that end up with a little too many things? Right? And you're like, oh. But every time you walk in, you're like, you know what? No, 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 no. I can do this. I can do this. Others of you, you go in prepared. You're like, I'm getting my shopping cart. If I'm at Target, you go, my routine is I go get a Starbucks. And th- like some of you guys are like, yes, that's what I do. Okay, okay. And you know what? COVID messed that up because they didn't let you drink in Target. They didn't let you drink in Target. That's also a thing. Don't drink in Target. Don't drink in shop. But those of you who are like into this, you, you, you know your thing. You know what to do. You know you've got deals. You've got a, you've got a plan. But for others of us, I think sometimes when we're not li- shopping intentionally, we get one of these, like if, I, if it was me, and I would just start putting stuff in there. All of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? I really wanted to try that. Let's get that. Oh, you know what? I think we're out of those. Should I ask Ashley? No, I'll just get it. Okay, let's do that. Hey, you know what? I didn't know they had a different flavor of this. I've been always wanting to see if this is better. So I'll do this. And I end up always getting so much more. And I'm always surprised how much it costs. 
Always. Ashley, I've shopped with her. She's like, what do you think? What do you think this is? I'm like, $300? Why? We got to get rid of some kids. Like, we got to do, we got to do something. Like, what, what, what's, like, the cats can fend for themselves. Go out and hunt. Okay? Do your thing. Like, what, what, what are we, what's happening? What's happening? And what happens sometimes is, like, when I'm, especially when I'm shopping with Ashley, is like, I've got some free time in my hand, on my hands. And what I do is I look at other people's carts. Anybody else do that? Do you, oh, yeah, 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 yes, you do. You, and you judge them. Do you judge them? Anybody judge them? Come on, this is church. Lie. Like, no. No, you, we judge them. You're like, okay, I, maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm not quite sure. But you know what's funny, though, is, is that if you were going to illustrate this as in, if, is life like this, I think what happens is, is that sometimes we go through life and we just begin to get the stuff that we want. And we end up with a cart full of stuff that either we're like, oh my gosh, this is too much, or stuff you don't need, or you just keep on getting it based on the season of life. Like if you go and start shopping when you're hungry, uh, they'd say, don't do that. Why? Because you'll get all the foods. <clears throat> all the foods. Now, what... How, how could this speak to us? I think spiritually it speaks to us because I think some of us, our spirituality is basically we are um, basically shopping. Some people even say, I'm shopping. I'm church. What? I'm church shopping. You go around and then others of us, we take it a step further where we find ourselves just putting on stuff or collecting information, experiences, spiritual religious stuff, but we have a shopping cart, and this is our life. Our life is that we gather things to consume, and that's it. And so if your spirituality and mine looks like this, that we are only concerned about consuming, then we never have time to contribute. We don't. We just don't even think that way. If you're walking around with a shopping cart, maybe not spiritually, maybe just practically in life, you might be literally Living a life that says, I'm just going to continue to collect things and put it in my shopping cart. Naeem, I don't have, I don't walk around with this. I know you don't, but we know and I know and everybody knows Amazon's real. <laughs> and you've got so many things in your what? Cart. Right now. Right now. You do. And you're like, why did I, why did I, why, that was a late night. Why did I, why did I want, to, want that? I didn't want, I didn't want that. Why should, we, why should we get that? But we end up doing that. So I want us to break the cycle. I want us to realize that we, we, that life is more than just consuming things. And the truth is that, honestly, I want to talk about this subject called money. Anybody heard of money? Anybody want money? Okay, let me just ask that one more time. Let me just ask that one more time. I, I mean, anybody want money, like money, cash, moolah, yes. Yes, if I told you that there's $1,000 in one of your seats, underneath one of your seats, if I said that, stop, you, you really, we're not, no. No, we're not doing that gimmick. No, no, no. But we all want it. We all want it. Could it be possible that that's what we do when it comes to our finances? Because we've talked about our energy, we've talked about our time, we've talked about our focus in this series. I want to talk about money. And it is not a conversation that's really great um, you know, it's not a popular in church uh, life. You don't want to hear a sermon about money because uh, some of you might go, okay, this is where they pass the plate. Have you heard of the expression pass the plate? Everybody probably has, right? Okay. Now, we don't pass the plate here. Uh, those of you who've been here for a while, you know we don't pass the plate. And the reason is, is because we don't believe in the sense that you, we should take. 
Uh, I, I, I don't believe that um, churches should take from people. I believe that churches should teach people to be generous. And so that's why we say just give online. And people, amazing people like yourselves, have given online and sustained us for so many years. And they've been so generous to us. Why? Because there's a life change that takes place. Because at some point, people who start contributing uh, and giving away and investing in in organizations and churches and needs, they have this idea that you're supposed to live a very intentional life, that you're not supposed to have a shopping cart that you walk around with in life. So what would it look like for us to just kind of go into the subject a little bit today and go, okay, could you and I be in a season where we're really all about consuming all the money that we make, or are we really about contributing? See, Jesus I believe, talked so much about this. And you, we know this, but can I read you a, a passage of Scripture? The first one, in Matthew 6, he says, Don't store up treasures here on, on what? On, our, on what? Earth. Where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is there, the desires of your heart will what? Will also be. I believe that Jesus right here is talking about living our life when it comes to our finances, moving away from just spending to gather stuff. Instead of that, instead of spending to just gather stuff, he wants us to live a life with, when it comes to our finances, when it comes to our money. He wants us to invest so we can be generous. What would it look like for you and me to move from this idea of just spending money versus investing money? No, no. Now, some of you are thinking, okay, are you, are you trying to get me to invest in Bitcoin? Like, we did that. Like, you know what I'm saying? That was a thing. Are you trying to, like, are there, like, condominiums in Pakistan for cheap that you're trying to, no, no, no I'm not talking about that kind of investment. I'm talking about, as it, it's connected to this passage of Scripture, where Jesus, gave, I, Jesus says, I want you to take a shopping cart, and I want you to put stuff in there that does not expire, that does not rot, that, does, that, that, that you're not always worried about something, someone stealing it. Could you live your life when it comes to finances, actually spending your money in a sense, investing it on things that matter more than just the present? Could it be possible that Jesus is saying, hey, listen, you are spending a whole lot of your life working, a whole lot of your life working, and you need to be very intentional about what you do with the money you have. See, some of us we, 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 when it comes to money, we, we grew up in a really strange environment because our history, our, the way we were raised has so much to do with how we manage our money. Some of us are really good at it. Others of us, we're just not. Some of us believe it's a toy. Other, others of us are very, very much, it's a tool to do this. And it's so strange that people can be born rich and then pretty much die or retire very poor. And then there are people who were born poor that die as like very rich, wealthy people. Why is that? I think it's connected to this idea of just money about spending, just stick, getting money to spend, or 
investing money that, that's invested in what it says where, 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 tre- where rust cannot destroy them. Do you, do you think that this conversation applies to you? See, for some of you, you're like, I, I'm already like, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. I don't know if I like talking about money because aren't you going to be like, hey, 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 tithe, like give to the church? No, no, no. It's, it's bigger than that, friends. It's bigger than that. Because I know and you know that the anxiety that some of us have is connected to money, isn't it? The, 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 the conversations that turn ugly with family is connected to what? Money. Have you ever had an experience where someone so, so special passes away and then instead of the family coming together, because this person had wealth and resources and things, now the family are just coming at each other. Now lawyers are involved. All kinds of things are happening. Why? Because we have a very strange relationship with money. Why is that? Why is it that when we talk about it, some of us break into hives? You're like, ah, I don't want to do that. It, it's so strange. How many of you would say you have pets? Pets. Okay, raise your hand. I want you to see them. Okay, you, you can be proud. You can be proud. Raise your hand. Okay, okay. You have pets. You have pets. Okay, okay, okay. okay. How many of you have pets and you celebrate their birthdays? God bless you. Are you look around. Are you, are you serious right now? Are you serious? How many of you, okay, just don't, we're going to divide the church right here. It's going to be a church split. How many of you think that's a little ridiculous? It's, it's, they're like, it's ridiculous and I'm doing it. That's what it is. That's what it is. You know what? At some point, I just look at people and I just, I'm just going to be honest. Some people, I look at people and I just go, I don't know who the pet is. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Because I sometimes I see dogs, and they're walking around like, yeah, I got a human. <laughs> you think you're the owner. They go, no, no, no. They, I mean, I'm sure that dogs are walking by going, oh, yeah, I see you're human. I see you're human. You know why I know this? Because especially with dogs, who, 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 when they go to the bathroom, who's cleaning that up? Not them. I think the day they realize you were doing that, they're like, oh, we arrived. They're cleaning up my crap. This is, I'm, I'm the owner here. I'm the one in charge. You know, it's so funny, though, because in certain parts of the world, this would never happen, but in this part of the world, it's, it's that. Now, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm making fun. I'm making light of it. But I just want you to know that it's, I think at some point, I think money was, was supposed to be your pet you were not supposed to be money's pet. Like at some point in your life, you weren't supposed to be controlled by the power of money. You were supposed to control it. Like for some of us, when it comes to money, it should not determine our anxiety level or emotions. But it does. We own money. We, 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 we do that. We should not let it control our peace of mind. Yet how many of us worry about money how many of us just i mean just react to the lack of money and i get it because i mean i grew up i grew up in kuwait which is a very wealthy country but i grew up as an immigrant so if you're wondering i'm not kuwaiti even though 
uh, I was born and raised there, and you're like, well, hold on, aren't you then Kuwaiti? Well, that's not how it works in Kuwait. In the U.S., because the, uh, th that's how they roll here, if you're born here, you are a what? A citizen. Yeah, you're an American. Okay, but not in Kuwait. Nope. They're like, I don't, I don't think. You look like us, but nope. You were born here? Nope. So I'm Pakistani. I grew up as a Pakistani immigrant in Kuwait. And it's very clear the lines of wealth, the lines of privilege. Like for instability was the name of the game. Here's why. Because I was born there my, and my parents lived there. And we lived most of our lives there until I came here when I was 18. And the whole time we knew that it was, we were on a visa. And this visa was connected to a rich wealthy Kuwaiti who could have just canceled our visa and we, we have to leave the country or find another sponsor to stay in the country. So it was very clear how the wealthy and the privileged lived and how we lived. And so money was always an insecurity in our family. But my dad, surprisingly, was extremely generous with his money. He wasn't the wisest guy, but he was very generous with the money that we were all, as immigrants, trying to get. See, we, I had a very different relationship with money. What did you have? Did you have a relationship with money? You just said, I just, we just need to get the money and pay the bills. And so maybe that's it. That's it. Your relationship is like, I just need to get the money and spend it on stuff I want. And the problem with it is if you have a shopping cart, you want to add more stuff to it, and then you're like, oh, maybe there's stuff I don't need, but you know what? I want some more stuff. Oh, I'm running out of money. So what, what happens? You got to go get money to get more of what you want, and the more of what you want needs more money, and so it just keeps on going, and your relationship and my relationship is connected to just spending money, and you are and I am controlled by money. I want to break that. I, I, want, I want people to live in freedom with that. There are, there are mindsets that we are like, uh, it's just, it doesn't, it, 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 we just have to break the scarcity mentality where, you know what, there's not enough to go around. And we end up just fighting each other and trying to get on top because there's not enough and get what we are going to get because it's not enough to get around. There's a scarcity mentality. There's actually a crab mentality as well. Do you, have you ever heard of a crab mentality? It's, a, it's called a crab theory. Basically, they, 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 they discovered that if you put a bucket and you put some crabs in there and you just don't even close the lid, you don't have to worry about it because crabs, what they do is if one per, crab tries to get out, the other crab grabs it and pulls it down because it wants to get up. And so they just kept keep on grabbing and holding on to each other, not wanting anyone to get up and go and be, have freedom. And some of us live our lives like that. We live, our, we work like that. We we have our, we run our businesses like that. No one can if 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 I can't get it, no one can get it. And see, money makes us weird like that. So could it be possible that? We could break out of just like, hey, I get money, and I spend it on what I need, and no, is there more? And I believe there's more, that you can take your resources and invest them for your future. Not just spend, invest. That means you and I have to stop and go, okay, what am I doing right now that's more of an investment than just, just gathering, shopping, spending? What is an investment in the future? For some of you, Creating intentional habits is creating a debt-free future. 
And so when you pay that off, you're what? You're investing. Some of, uh, some of you need to invest in the future of your kids. Do, you should do it now. I've got one kid in college. I should have done it a long time ago. I mean, it just, it is one of those things that we go, hold up, what would my life look like if I began to invest the money and not just spend it? How do we, how do we, how do, we do this though, right? How do we do this? Let me read you another passage where of Jesus, he was, his insight on money. And this is, this is really profound. This is Mark 12, which I, when I begin to read, read this, you're like, okay, this, I hope this never happens. But check this out, okay? It starts off, it says, Jesus, Jesus sat down near the what? The collection box in the temple and watched the crowds as they dropped in their money, which is a really terrible scene, isn't it? Could you imagine, end of service, Jesus is standing there. Okay, what are you going to do, bro? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? So I don't know the context of how this happened, but the story goes on. It says, and then a poor widow came and dropped two, two small coins. Jesus called disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, that, that, that this poor widow has given what? Has given what? More than the others who are making contributions. To which the disciples would have said, I think we saw that too, and it's not true at all. It's not true at all. Okay, I mean, there's a lot of things, Jesus, you say that we were like, Ugh. but I, I just saw that, and I'm, I counted it, and it's two, and that dude dropped a whole lot of cash. And then he says, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. What, is, what does Jesus say about finances when it comes uh, in, in our context? What, like, what is he saying here? What is he saying that we need to just give all our money away? No. I think he's saying, I know he's saying, that you and I need to live a different kind of life and live a life that allows us to really see what's going on, especially with our generosity, especially with our money. See, there is a myth out there that we need to live a balanced life. Like, that, that's the idea. And I get the heart behind it. But that's not real life. Real life is not, it's, it's, it's not real life. Like, controlling every part of your week and every part of your day and every part of the month and year. I mean, if you keep on going and trying to live a balanced life, you spend this much, I mean, on this and this much on that or, or you spend this much time on this. I don't know if it's possible for you to do that. Because some things are just off in life. I was in a, I was, uh, we had some vacation time this summer. So we went and just kind of chilled out. We were at a beach house. It was a blessing to us. It was great. And I had not picked up my phone in a while. And, and I picked up my phone and my phone, my iPhone told me, oh, that gave me like an encouragement or says, hey, your screen time is down 65%. And I was like, first of all, you don't need to judge me, okay, on that, okay? <laughs> Can we agree, like, technology is getting really sassy? It started with Google. Every time I would Google, it would say, did you mean? I'm like, you know what? I meant what I meant. I meant what I meant, okay? I'm looking up whatever that is. Don't you, don't you think? No, 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 shut it, okay? Technology is like that. It tells me percentages. Hey, did you know? Did you know? No, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. And some of us, if you look at your screen time, you'd be shocked. So I was looking up this idea of like percentages and what do we do and, and how do we live our lives. And so this is a very interesting find. 
Did you know, like, so if you were to uh, take an average person's life, let's just say 80 years or so, okay, if you're going to live 80, 80 plus years, do you know that 33 years time frame of, uh, of, the, of your life you're going to spend sleeping? 33 years. It broke it down, actually. It said, it said, it said 26 years literally sleeping, seven years trying to fall asleep. <laughs> right? I was like, wow, I'm going to spend seven years of my life just trying to fall asleep. Just trying. Some of you guys are like, no, it's more like 10 years, okay, for me. But 30 years, when you combine that, 30, 30 years, you're going to spend 14 to 15 years of your life working. Just working. Just working. Just working. And then, and that means if you take 14 and 33, what do you got? Math. Okay, that means add, because <laughs> I'm not going to do it. 44, not 44, 33 plus 14 is 47. 47 years of your life just resting and then working and then uh, resting and then working and then working and then resting. Almost half of your life just doing that. So wouldn't it be important for us to make sure that that all this labor and all this sleep and all the stuff that we're trying to, this life that we're trying to live, is there a way for us to live a very intentional life? So what does that have to do with what I just read? Because when Jesus talks about the woman giving versus the rich people giving, he talks about this idea of percentages. That life, in fact, gets healthier when you understand the percentage of time you and I spend doing certain things. The percentage of money that we spend or invest. All, it's all about percentages. Now, they can't be balanced, but there is a very practical point in his passage here. He's basically saying, hey, I want you to understand that it's all about percentages. You can be impressed with actual amounts. You can be so impressed by actual amounts, but it does not matter. You can be impressed by how much people give, how much people spend, but it's all about percentages, really. And so if you and I were to look at this passage and look at certain things, I've got four things for you. Like if you were to have a category of just, just to live, how much money would you say that you spend percentage-wise just to live? I mean, pay the bills. Pay the bills, you know, just, just, to serve, like, just to sustain life. Do you know the percentage? Do you just know the percentage? It's just good to know the percentage. How about this? Number two, play. Play is basically just enjoy life. Do you know how much percentage of money you spend on play? Let me give you the third one. Save. How much money do you actually save percentage-wise from your income? from all your incomes, from all the side hustles, whatever you're doing. And then what about share? What about like giving it away? What are the percentages in all of these things? See, Jesus is basically saying is, is that life will be intentional. Generosity counts more when you're intentional about the percentage of what you are giving. See, some of us have got these percentages out of whack. I know people, good people, good people, that they 
give a lot higher percentage, and then they don't make wise choices in life because their percentages are off. Some, of, some people live so much, like they, they, in, they have spent their money on buying the biggest and the baddest, and their bills are so much, they're like 60% of their income. So they have no time, no money, sorry, left aside to play. Or people just go, you know what, I just be, if it's 100%, okay, well, I'm just going to spend, uh, I just have two categories, and that is I'm going to live on this, and then I'm going to play. And unfortunately, in the U.S., we've done this for years and years. People live paycheck to what? Paycheck. And here's how you live paycheck to paycheck. The only way to do that is to spend most of your percentage on living, then get a little bit, and you enjoy it, and that's it. Or if you hit a rough season, or if you're like, you're fed up with work, you're like, you know what, I'm maxing out the credit card, we're going to Cancun. Because you want to live, and you want to play, though. So what if you were, and I were able to take our finances, take our money, teach our kids, hey, hey, hey. Like, I think about this when, because Asher is, uh, is, is in college now, I'm like, man, I want to make sure he understands that if he doesn't get these percentages right, it's out of whack. Businesses rise and fall on percentages when they, when they end up putting too much percentage on a particular thing. What about giving? See, the truth is, some of us were like, you know what, Naeem, I'm just trying to make it. I'm just trying to make it. I don't have time. I don't have, I don't have money to give. I know, because your percentages are out of whack. Your, your percentages to save are out of whack. What if, though, what if we were able to have this honest conversation and go, hey, hey, I just need to look at my percentages. If I could do one thing this, this, this day, it's to convince you to just have the conversation. Whatever you got to do, you know, you're like, okay, I get anxious, I get anxious, we're going to sit down, just do it. Just find out your percentages. Man, it would set you free. And I know, I know why we don't do this. We don't do this because, again, we're connected emotionally to this. But there, guys, there's healthy, healthy percentages out there, one of which is basically 10, 10, 80. Can you actually help me out? Can you say that? 10, 10, 80? 10, 10, 80. Let's do it one more time. 10, 10, 80. You save 10%, you give 10%, you live off of 80. Now, full disclosure, uh, we haven't lived like that. Some of ours has been like we've given more like 11, 12%. We saved like 5%, you know, whatever else is left we live off of. Like, so we've done these, but we've known our percentages. Do you even know your percentage? Man, that's a healthy 10, 10, 80 is a good percentage. Again, have the conversation. Have the conversation. So why do people, why do people not just go, okay, let's do this? Why, do, why would we not just do this? I've had conversation with so many pastors who talk about, you know, the fact that people have a hard time giving to church, um, and they just generations um, that are coming up are going to give less and less to church. And I, 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 I totally get that. But I don't believe people are not generous because they are either stingy or greedy. I don't. And I think that when people make you feel that you're either greedy and stingy, that's why you don't give. I mean, I know there are people who are stingy and greedy. I get it. I get that. But I don't think most people are. I think we don't give because 
we're anxious and worried. I think fear has to do so much with our investing habits, with our money habits. It's fear. Fear that it's, we're not going to have enough. Let me read you another passage that Jesus um, says here. He says in Matthew 6, he says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You, cannot, you, you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And then you can stop right there, and maybe you have just heard this passage, and it ended there for you. But it goes on. It's one thought. Jesus is having this one thought. He says, hey, you can't serve two masters. And, and, and you can't. And, and then he says this. He says, that is why, like that, that is, that is why, that is why, like what I just told you, let me tell you, that is why I tell you, do not what? Worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or, and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more what? Valuable to Him than they are. Friends, I think that people, you, me, the fear of not having enough gets inside and begins to enslave us. And this goes all the way back to who's the pet? Who's the owner? See, some of us don't understand this, but because of how you were raised, you've been enslaved in habits when it comes to money. Like feelings, they trigger you. You're like, oh gosh. That's why some of you are like, I hate this message. I should have never invited my friend. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. Some of you online, you're like already texting. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's actually not talking. We don't talk about why. Why are you talking about money? Because it triggers us. It shouldn't be like that. It should not be our master. And we should definitely not be enslaved by it. And Jesus says, hey, I know why you're enslaved. I'll tell you why. Because you worry. You worry. You're so scared that I'm not going to take care of you. But don't do that. You're more valuable than that. Your life is not just about sleeping, resting, and getting up to work, and then resting from work. It's not about that. Your life is so much more than that, my friends. So much more than that. So, could you and I break this power? Could, you, could, you, could we do this? Could we break this power? I think we could. I think if you broke this power, you would unlock um, a certain part of your brain that scientists say that, that you have to tap into. So certain scientists, they, they, they were researching brain activity for wealthy people, which is hilarious. Some scientists have a lot of time on their hands. I'm like, wow, okay. So they, they found out that wealthy people have certain kind of brain activity, and when you ask them questions about themselves, like how competent they are or how positive they are about an outcome of a certain project or something like that, if you just ask them questions about anything to do with them, their safety, their, uh, their, their self, 
they give these answers because of their wealth, it seems like. Um, they give very positive answers. Not all of them, but statistically, a lot of them have this confidence, have this, like, I'm indestructible. Like, how many of you have seen, you've, you've, you've met people like that, right? They're, they're, like, sometimes you're like, this person's rich, and they're, what, stuck up. You're actually surprised when a person is, like, really extremely wealthy, and they're down to what? Earth. Why do we say things like that? Because most of them are in the clouds. Their thoughts are in the clouds. Scientists say that actually their brain activity think, makes them think that they are indestructible. They are all-powerful. And for some people, it's a very true, right? They have enough money to buy off whoever they want to buy off. They want to buy anything and buy anything. So what's interesting about these scientists, though, they've discovered also, is that people who think they are rich express the same brain activity. People who just think they're rich. They're not really rich. They just think they're rich. Delusional people. No, 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 no. <laughs> but people who have a rich mentality, who don't make like, like dollar amounts, nowhere close to millionaires, nowhere close to really rich people. They just have a, a sense of like, I'm really happy where I am. I have so much money. Like, it's some of you who've gone to other places in the, in the world and thought, oh my gosh, I live so nice compared to these people. I remember a, a, a Sri Lankan pastor came and visited me, and I have a detached garage. So I have a house and obviously a detached garage. And he walked in my house, and he was, like, he was like, oh my gosh. And I've been to his house in Sri Lanka, and he walked in, and he's like, who lives in that house? And I was like, that house? He was pointing to my garage, and I was like, my cars live there. I was like, oh, he said, I'm sorry, you what? I was like, that's a garage. He said, that is a garage? I mean, it's not massive, but he was like, it's a two-car garage. And I realized, I don't think I'm super wealthy flowing in it, but to him, it's like what? So a rich mentality creates the same brain waves. So here's what's interesting, right? Paul, the apostle, told Timothy, he says this. 1 Timothy 6, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be, they should be what? They should be what? Rich in what? Good works and generous to those in need always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so they may have experienced true life. He's saying, hey, I want people to understand that you could be rich, but you can actually be rich in your soul, in your body, by owning the fact that God wants to give you and loves you and it's going to take care of you, then why don't you start begin acting like everything is going to be okay? We sometimes live as practical atheists. We pray the prayers, we sing the songs, but we walk out going, it's going to be, it's up to me. It's up to me. If I don't do this, God's not going to figure this out. So how could we go man, how could you and I today go, you know what, I think I'm going to be, I'm going to stop 
wanting to get to a place and then I'll act rich or I'll, I'll when I get to this level, I'll be stable. How could you be stable right now? No, no, no. I, I'm insecure right now financially. When I get to this, no. Could you be not? Could you be secure right now? You have a name I don't make. I know, I know, but I don't know how much is enough. And God's saying, I want you to break this. I want you to understand that life is about percentages, and I want you to know that I am with you and for you, and you need to stop. Spending your money, you need to start investing it in different ways. Friends, you are sitting in people's investments. You're sitting and watching. We got cameras, we got lights, all that. This is investment. This is not, this was not built by people who are just all about spending their money. The, this building and buildings like this are built on, and the spaces that we have are built on and by people who have invested, invested, invested. And so I just want to challenge some of you. Maybe you need to invest, not maybe, you need to begin to start looking at your finances and begin to invest them in your future, invest them in your savings, investment in giving as well. And if you're part of this community, guess what? We're trying to build a community and it takes finances. So if you're like, hey, I'm, I don't think you're a good investment, fine. Please don't give. But if you think we're a good investment, then invest. And when I mean invest, I don't mean tip me. Don't tip me. Don't tip me. Like, no, Naeem, I'm going to keep. Do not tip me. Tip means, hey, 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 that was a good job. No, don't give me a good job. No, 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 please don't. This is not about me speaking. This is about us creating something. And this is not built on tips. It's built on people's tithes. Because tithe is literally 10%. People who built this, built this by giving a percentage. Why? Because they've been living their life intentional. There are people who are percentage givers at Mosaic. We can count on them to continually give and give. Some of them give 10%. Some of them give 1%. Some of them give 5%. Regardless, they give a percentage because it's not tipping. It's, it's tithing. It's investing to this place. And guess what? If you're online, you're like, I'm not even here. Yeah, you can, you're still a part of us. And you can give online. In fact, everybody can give online. But again, let's be percentage givers and then let's live life with percentages, healthy percentages. And let's just see what God does. I pray that he breaks the power of money in your life. This worry, this anxiety, I, I pray he breaks it and that you begin to live a free, free life. So let me pray for you. Can I do that? Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for this conversation. God, I know that you spoke so much about money, about work, because it's fundamentally connected to us as humans. That we're wired up to work, we find so much satisfaction in work. We get so much satisfaction in when we actually get maybe even our first paycheck. Some of us remember that. God, getting a reward for work seems so natural to us. So natural to us. 
Father, I pray that you today would allow us to experience not just the reward of our work, but God, to be relieved, God, that you have us and that you want to give us a life that's not ensnared by money, it's not imprisoned by finances, but it's a free life. It's a life that we are free to live and play, free from anxiety and fear, knowing that you always take care of us. And then, God, we are free to give. We're free to give our money away, knowing, God, that you have been so generous to us. And we live off of generosity of other people because we definitely live off the generosity of you. So God, speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.